listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Hello and welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold and you are listening to episode 38 of our podcast, our week 14 best bets. As always, I'm joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how are we doing today? Doing great, dude. Uh, good looking on the uh, swag here, <laughs> repping champions round. Uh, y'all got some good shit. So uh, I know you got some really cool giveaways this week. You know, we got Javante Williams coming off yeah. the breakout game. Hopefully we don't see a lot of Melvin Gordon this week and uh, we can continue the uh, the J the JW uh, breakout. Yeah, so talk about that off the top. Then we'll get to our week 14 best bets. All you have to do for the Javante Williams giveaway is DM us league winner Javante Williams, that full sentence, IG, Twitter, or comment on this YouTube video, uh, and you're automatically entered. We'll give it away over the weekend. We also has, have a Heisman giveaway. Uh, unfortunately, no Bryce Young stuff, but a bunch of other cool gear from former Heisman winners. And we have two seven stakes contests that are going on this weekend, one for the Buffalo Tampa Bay game and one for Monday Night Football, Arizona and the Rams. Uh, there are some other giveaways too, so keep it locked in on our IG and Twitter for more information on all those. Oh, also our TikTok. We're giving away some stuff on there. All right, let's get to it. It's a little earlier in the week for us. Usually we do this on Friday. We're doing it earlier in the week. Got some stuff that came in the way. So we're going to try and do our best to give away some locks. Uh, Danny, why don't you start us off with your number one pick of week 14? Number one pick going with a teaser Broncos teasing them up to uh, teasing them down to one and a half versus the Lions at home and then teasing down the Seahawks to minus one and a half versus the Texans on the road. First one, Detroit. We talked about it on Tuesday. Detroit's coming in, coming in off their first win, riding super high into mile high, probably still drunk on the flight. Um, Detroit, they've been spectacular as an underdog this season, covering eight out of four overall. But, you know, I, I feel like Denver, they've shown something with Javante Williams. I know we're talking about him more so from a fantasy perspective, wanting him to break out. But this Lions defense has surrendered over 350 total uh, to total yards in their last seven of eight games. So even though Teddy Bridgewater kind of sucks, this is enough that I think if you tease this down to one and a half, uh, the Broncos are in a great spot to defeat the Lions, who are a god-awful team, only have one win for a reason. So, you know, even with the Broncos at 6-6, six and six, they've been inconsistent, but I think they get a win here. On the Seahawks side of things, the Texans are almost as bad as the Lions here. We don't know that we're going to see Tyrod Taylor out there. It's probably going to be Davis Mills. Good luck with that. They're extremely shorthanded on both sides of the ball. And Russell Wilson, we finally see him kind of trending up. He completed 81% of his passes against San Francisco. That's been trending up over the last three weeks. Um, with the, the Houston Texans expected win percentage at two or expected total at two and 10, they're right where they need to be in the gutter. This seems like a no brainer for me. Take the Seahawks minus one and a half against the Texans. All right. So I am going to talk about all my teaser pieces later in the show, but. Needless to say, those two are very much in play, and I will bet them for sure come Sunday. My number one pick, we talked about it on the Tuesday show. I don't care if it's Jake Fromm. I don't care if it's Jake from State Farm. I don't care if it's Mike Glennon and his long-ass neck. Give me the Giants plus <laughs> 11 and a half. I don't care. 
Chargers coming off of a giant win. Uh, I don't think that they, this is what the Chargers have done all year. They look great one week. They're terrible the next week. The Giants as road underdogs, that is the spot that you want to bet them. This number to me is way inflated. I know some sharp groups bet this at 10, but 11 and a half, 12. Give me this number all day on the Giants. I think that this will be a lower scoring game than people think. Over under 44, kind of lean towards the under here right now. I think the Chargers get this done, but I think it's like 21-13. Gross game. I trust this Giants defense to slow up the Chargers a little bit. And I think that this is a day, a game in which Saquon Barkley might finally have his fantasy breakout of 2021. I expect a big day from him, even if they stack the boxes against him. I do not trust this Chargers defense against the running game with Saquon Barkley. So give me the Giants, plus 11.5, plus 12. Best bet of the week. Damn, best bet of the week. Bank it on Saquon. Got no O-line. Barkley, Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty gross. 83% of the money on the Chargers here. Ah, man, this is a stay away from me. Far, far away. I can't get behind the uh, anywhere with the New York Giants, especially with Jake Fromm. But who knows? We've seen, we've seen some magic with Mike White. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? Maybe Fromm is the answer. Uh, could be better than Long Neck Glennon. So I would love to see it happen. I do not care who the quarterback is. The worse, the better. Let Saquon run a uh, wildcat the entire game. I don't care. That, I just that's probably this. a better strategy. <laughs> I think the Giants defense is going to get it done in this one. All right, what's your number two yeah. bet of the week? Number two bet. I know this is definitely going to pop up on your best bets board. Rams plus two and a half versus the Cardinals. We talked about it on Tuesday, but this is going to be the game of the week. It's going to be a tough divisional matchup here. We saw the Arizona Cardinals beat the 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 Rams earlier this this year in October, but Arizona had a lot more uh, pieces on their defensive side of the ball at that time. They've lost a couple pieces since then. You know, in this prove it moment for the Rams, they this is why they loaded up at the trade deadline for Odell Beckham, uh, making moves for Von Miller. This is where it all comes together. I think Sean McVay is going to put together a game plan that's going to be. Um, be advantageous for those Rams. I think we're going to see a high-scoring game here. Give me the Rams plus two and a half. I think they win this one outright, but uh, I think they're going to put points on the board to make it happen. So this one's going to be a fun one. My number two bet of the week, Rams. I already bet it at plus three, so I'm going to give away plus three as the number, even though it is a little bit lower right now. I agree with everything you said, except for the fact that I do not think this is going to be as high-scoring as we may think. I'm on the under in this game, uh, 52 and a half. Uh, I think the Rams defense comes up. They're going to show up to play. Uh, big spot for them. They need this win more than Arizona does. We've been trying to fade Cliff all year. This might be the right spot. I don't think that Kyler is completely back. He scrambled around a little bit last week versus Chicago, but not quite all the way back yet. I think that Jalen Ramsey can shut down DeAndre Hopkins well as, as best anyone can in the league. Uh, I think Arizona is going to have some struggle moving the ball against this defensive front from the Rams. So give me the plus three all day. I also love this as a teaser piece, three to nine, two and a half to eight and a half, whatever. Bring that up. Take the under. Uh, yeah, I'm all over the Rams. I think this is a great spot for them. Yeah, Rams have won eight of their last nine outright. So minus that one game in October, it's pretty much been the Rams dominating these, this matchup. So, yeah, I got I, I love them on the money line. Also, let me give away one little prop bet. I don't know the numbers yet, but give me Van Jefferson over everything in this game. I think it's a breakout for him Monday Night Football. Love to see it. Need him in a couple fantasy lineups, man. I'm, I'm on that tinkering on that sixth spot. Um, in, in quite a few leagues. So I'm going to need a, I'm going to need some Van Jefferson luck this week. I love it. All right, here we go. Number three pick of the week, Dan, give it to me. Number three bills 
plus three and a half over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My gross bet of the week. 72% of the sharp money is on the Bucks here. I just feel like Josh Allen's got to wake up at some point. He barely could do anything in that climate up in Buffalo. He gets to go to Tampa Bay. Um, it's going to be nice and sunny there. Fortunately for him, the Tampa Bay defense and their secondary is definitely beatable. I think we could see a big game out of our boy Gabe Davis and and, St- and Stephon Diggs. So that's what I'm hoping for. Mekhi, Micah Hyde already signaled the warning that – you know what I mean? This is going to be a Bills game that they're not that they're going to remember. All the media and everyone talking shit about them. Uh, this is where they get right. I think they can cover the points here, plus three and a half. It's bold, but this is going to be the best showing that we're going to see the Bills against an actual formidable opponent here. Well, at three and a half, I tend to lean with you on the Bills. Uh, I do think Tampa Bay is going to win this game. They've been incredible at home. They've won the last two on the road and put up over 30 in both of those games. But before that, they had really struggled on the road. But they have been absolutely dominant at home in Tampa Bay in good weather. On the other side of the ball, we've talked about this before, but Buffalo is more of an indoor team. They're built that way. They're not built for the game that they played on Monday night. They are built for a up-and-down, good weather, throw-the-ball-all-over-the-yard type of game. They may get a seed in this one. Tampa Bay's secondary, as we know, stinks. But their defensive front is incredible. So if they're able to get a quick passing game going with Sanders and Beasley and Diggs and maybe hit a deep ball or two to Gabe Davis. I could certainly see them winning this game outright or at least keeping it close within the the number of three and a half. Uh, My concern in this game is obviously, look, the Bucs could go for 40 in this one. We've seen Buffalo's defense at points this year get absolutely torched. Um, I I think that they're a good unit still, but their their defensive front, uh, you know, they kind of interchange on who's the guy that week. And against this yeah. sort of Tampa Bay defense, uh, or offensive line, I mean, uh, that's going to be a tough sell. So I I really want to for a reason. Gross I, for I, a reason. <laughs> I can see the over in this game. I It's getting a little too high. I think I'm leaning towards the under 53 and a half in this one. Um, but yeah, the three and a half, I see the case. I mean, the Bills are a damn good team. At some point, you think they're going to show it. If there's any week to show it, it's versus the Super Bowl champs. So I don't hate it, Danny. I don't hate it. All right, I'll move over to my number three pick. We already talked about this game. Give me Denver minus eight against the drunk Lions. Uh, That's what we're calling them this week. That alcohol hangover at mile high, that is not a place you want to be hung over at. So I think this is a spot where the Broncos can just run it down Lions throat, control the game. Give me the eight. I don't think the Lions score very many points in this game against this pretty elite Denver defense. Don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring. Uh, over under, it looks like 42 right now. I might actually hit the under on that. I, uh, give me, uh, give me Denver winning this game 24, 13. Okay. I, I, I believe that I, I, I definitely could roll with that. I just don't see, I'm wondering where the points are going to come from on the Detroit side of the ball. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you got to expect, even if Melvin Gordon's back, they're going to be running the ball a lot on them. You know, Detroit's let up over a hundred yards on the ground in their last three, over the course of the season, they've been doing it too. So I could see even Teddy Bridgewater, he's been looking a little lackluster, but I think he can get everybody involved against a defensive team that's just so lackluster like the Detroit Lions. I mean, I know what I'm going to do with this game. It's going to be, I'm going to take this Denver minus two and put it with every other teaser I have. Uh, so I'm a little scared that it's like Minnesota last week. It's like right, so right. obvious. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. at home, what are the chances the Lions win two games in a row? Come the hell on. Not in mile high. Not in mile no. high. Maybe if they were going somewhere a little bit closer, that, that distance that they got to travel, nah. It, it's, uh, the altitude is going to get to them, man. 
Denver is a place that takes out really, really good teams. The Lions coming off of win. This could be like the ultimate letdown spot of the entire season. I have to roll with Denver. By the yeah. time we get to Saturday or Sunday, this is going to end up being my best bet. I feel it in my heart. I know that I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to see Jake from State Farm. Sorry for the Giants. I'm going to get a little scared, a little scared. I'm going to end up betting everything that I have on Denver. All right, move over to your number four pick of the week. Gross bet number two, rolling with the Jags plus nine and a half Ooh. against the Titans. Now, this to me, this is just too many points for the Titans, an offense that's only generated 200 passing yards per game over the last three, but they're scoring 16 points per game over the last three. So, you know, nine and a half points, it's not like the Jags score a lot of points either, but I got to feel like the, the Jags can keep it within nine and a half points here. Um, the Titans, I just don't see a lot from their offense, even if they run the ball. The Jags have been allowing 149 rushing yards on the ground over their last three. So I imagine that's going to be the game script, whether Julio Jones is playing or not. I don't expect him to make a major impact here. Um, nine and a half points just seems like a lot for a Titans offense that hasn't shown much over the last several of weeks. So um, I'm going to ride with the Jags here, and the Sharps are with me, surprisingly, um, seeing that there is uh, – what's the, uh, t- the uh, count on this one? The I have it right here. I have uh, 51% of the money is on the Jags, so not a huge amount, but we still do have some some edge there of sharp money to the Jags. All right, uh, I don't hate it. I like Tennessee a little bit as a teaser piece. If you get this at eight and a half, bringing it down to two and a half, but I don't love this Tennessee team. We've seen struggled a ton. We don't know if Julio is going to play this week. Their running back room is a wreck. Tannehill has not looked the same. He looked like Miami Tannehill not the Tennessee Tannehill that we've become accustomed to. Their offensive line has some issues. I do trust this Tennessee defense to really slow down the Jags. So you might need to get some sort of, uh, I don't know, a kickoff touchdown or pick six, something like that, to stay within the number. But it's a big number for a divisional game. So I kind of lean towards the Jags also. Uh, my number four pick of the week, I – I had Carolina minus two and a half here, and I scratched it out. Hmm. Uh, someone that I really respect liked Atlanta plus two and a half. So I'm going to stay away. The sharp money on that game, I'm not going to make this one of my best five, but the sharp money is interesting here. 41% of the bets and 75% of the money is on Carolina, despite the fact that this opened at three and a half and is now two and a half. So you read into that what you want to. I will probably stay away from that game. Uh, instead, I'm going to go with San Francisco Pick'em at Cincinnati. Uh, I think there's a good spot for San Francisco to bounce back. They really need this win. I'm starting to fade the Cincinnati team a little bit. We've we've seen them win some really good games and look really dominant over some teams that they're very familiar with. Teams that they're unfamiliar with, and this Shanahan team is a bitch to plan for. They are so different schematically on offense in terms of all of their motion than anyone else in the league. George Kittle coming back, he looked like an absolute beast. He looked like the best tight end in the league last week. Yeah, I think yeah. that continues again. Uh, you saw how susceptible this Bengals defense can be to a good passing game. I'm not saying that I trust Garoppolo a ton, but I think that he'll have success in this one. And the other part of this handicap is Mixon banged up. Jamar Chase doesn't look like himself right now. And Joe Burrow's hand, is he's going to play, but like it definitely affected him versus the Chargers. There's no chance that this is not going to affect him at all. And I see this as a very opportunistic San Francisco defense that is going to be able to force some turnovers. I think they're going to be in a positive game script. And when San Francisco gets in a positive game script, usually a good situation for them, regardless of who's at running back. If Elijah Mitchell's out, if Jeff Wilson's out, okay, fine. Hasey's still be fine. 
Maybe they have a package for Trey Lance in this game. I think that San Francisco gets the dub, so I will take them as my number four bet of the week. Yeah, this one was tough for me because I'm really waiting on the word of Elijah Mitchell because I think he's been a huge impact for their offensive game planning. And if he's not there and you're planning for, you know, J.J. Hate, uh, J.J. Hate, um, what's his name? Hasty. Uh, yeah, Jermichael Hasty. Jermichael Hasty, right. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're planning for him, that's completely different. Whereas, you know, Mitchell can run between the tackles, extremely valuable, um, that zone run scheme. So um, I think the game plan would be a little bit different if he's out. But if he's in, love San Francisco. If he's out, then uh, probably stay away from me. But, but I do agree with most of the points that you said regarding Cincinnati and the concern with Joe Burrow's hand. We don't know what Joe Mixon really looks like. He he left. He he didn't play as many snaps as he normally would have. So you know if we're not getting a full workload out of him, and Jamar Chase is dropping balls, and T Higgins is coming up limp a little bit, uh, this could be a pretty banged up Cincinnati uh, offense here um, that could struggle against the San Francisco 49ers. How does it change your handicap if Debo Samuel is back? Because there seems to be a chance that that's going to happen. Oh, that's huge. I mean, he's their he's their focal point of their offense. So, you know, we saw George Kittle, as you stated, you know, he looked like the one of the, the top tight ends in the league last week. Um, obviously, Garoppolo has a hankering for fi- finding him way more than Brandon Ayuk. So you got to figure if Elijah Mitchell's on the doubtful side of things, this is going to be a Garoppolo, Debo, Kittle type of game where, you know, I, I don't that's going to be pretty tough to stop. We've seen how how Debo can be utilized in the backfield as a running back, but then also in the passing game. So yeah, he's just the ultimate weapon right now. So if this, this, that totally changes the script. If, if he's playing, I can see Debo coming back and just playing running back in this game, to be honest with you. I think they would yeah. get Shanahan. It would get Shanahan so excited. It's like, yep, just going to use him <laughs> running back the entire game. I bet he'll have fucking 15 carries for 125 yards. And a touchdown, Dude, something like I mean, that. what do you have? Seven for 79. Uh, yeah. With, with like no almost no receptions, like they strictly use them at running back. So, yeah, I could totally see it happening. All right. What's your number five pick of week 14? Yeah. Number five, going with another teaser piece here, teasing up the rant, the Ravens to eight and a half versus the Cleveland Browns, and then the Falcons plus eight and a half versus Carolina. For me, the Ravens are just the most incon- one of the most inconsistent teams in football. Lamar Jackson has been awful over the past six games, I mean, he just can't get right. And I feel like there's got to be a point where they're going to write the ship a little bit. They've been, man, they've managed to be close in a lot of their contests over the course of the season. And in a matchup versus Cleveland where we don't really know what to expect out of their offense, Baker Mayfield is probably one of the more injured quarterbacks that's currently playing. Um, don't really see much much uh, offense that could be generated from Cleveland. So the Ravens should have a pretty good game plan against them. Pretty much stop Nick Chubb and or Kareem Hunt. And if they can do that, they can certainly keep it within eight and a half points. So uh, I love teasing them up there. And then also the Falcons uh, for what you were just alluding to, you know, with the, with your, one of your uh, main analysts that you follow that was, that was back in the Atlanta Falcons at two and a half. I love them at eight and a half. Uh, This is going to be a divisional matchup. The Carolina Panthers just filed, fired their offensive coordinator and Joe Brady less than a, a few days from their bye week. So I, I think the game plan is not going to be there. Chuba uh, Hubbard's probably going to get a lot of carries. Uh, we saw Matt Rule saying that he wants to run the ball at least 30 times. So you got to expect with Cam Newton's arm, noodle arm, not doing much, um, expecting a real game, a, a real run heavy game plan, which to me signals an under scenario as well as you know not a lot of points being scored because we've seen the falcons kind of sputter 
on offense as well. But Cordero Patterson should have a pretty good game. Uh, so one of my, I'm pretty sure I'm expecting these two running backs to have the best games, Chuba Hubbard and Cordero Patterson. But ultimately, the the Falcons can keep it within eight and a half points against a Carolina team that hasn't really proven much on offense. I saw that Matt Rule quote, and my mind automatically went to we were just talking about wide receiver rushing yards. DJ Moore over rushing yards for Sunday. Hey, I love that. Okay, love. That. I like that. Let's. I find, don't know let's what the number's going to be. For it. Yeah, and if it's like three and a half or something like that, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty low. Uh, I'm going to bet the over on that one. All right, I'll talk about the teaser pieces in a second. My number five pick of the week. Talked about it yesterday a little bit. Washington plus four and a half against the Cowboys at home. This line keeps going in my favor. I might wait a little bit on this, see if I see a five or something like that out there. We're firmly in the Vegas zone at four and a half, though. Love that number. Think they'll keep it close. Their defense is playing absolutely elite ball right now. I know the Cowboys offense can be awesome, but they haven't quite looked like themselves in a little bit. Uh, So I just don't trust them. I think the Heineke guy plays tough, keeps these games close, especially divisional home dog. Perfect spot for Washington. A little concern that Dallas gets right here, but I think the the way that the Washington defense has played as of late, I expect this to be a relatively low scoring game. Give me the over under 47 and a half in this one and plus four and a half with Washington. Yeah. Washington's won their first, their last two games against Dallas outright. And uh, one thing's for sure. There's one specific player that owns the Dallas Cowboys and that is Antonio Gibson. And the way that he's looked over the last couple of weeks since the bye, man, he just looked, if, if we have J.D. McKissick out of the game, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ron Rivera just commit to Antonio Gibson running that ball, controlling the clock, keeping Dak off the field. Uh, that's the way that you beat this Dallas Cowboys team. And, um, yeah, I, I think t- Taylor Heineke has proven that he's he's willing to throw the ball downfield. Terry McLaurin could have a game, even though he's going to be shadowed by Trayvon Diggs. We know that guy can be beat on, uh, on double moves. So, yeah, I'm excited for this Washington football team to actually make this pretty competitive. And I uh, totally agree with you here. If they're, if that line is moving, you can get a better number, wait on Washington for the next couple of days, and hammer that. Yep, absolutely. So Washington four and a half, and then under 47 and a half. I really like that number. The more that I think about it, love the under 47 and a half. All right, uh, some other bets that I'm looking at this weekend. Tampa Bay, Buffalo, under 53 and a half. Seattle over team, tor- team total, first half, 13 and a half. We talked about this on the Tuesday show. I think that they come out hot. I think that they continue what they were doing in San Francisco. I think they try to build a lead and then take Russ out at the end of the game. Uh, so, yeah, over 13 and a half first half points for Seattle. Baltimore, Cleveland over 42. I know both of these offenses have struggled. That's why the number's so low. It's time to take advantage of that number being so low and this being priced into the market. I think that these two teams will get a little bit of their offense back. Give me the over 42 in that one. Arizona Rams under 52 for sure. Teaser pieces that I'm looking at. New Orleans, maybe, although they have some COVID issues. I may stay away from that one. Right. San Francisco, it depends where the market lands. Uh, I saw it at plus one. That's great to get to seven. If they're minus one, don't do that. Just bet them outright. Baltimore at eight, eight and a half. That's an absolute smash spot for me. That'll be one of my best ones of the week. Seattle minus one and a half. Denver minus two. Love both of those. Atlanta plus eight, like you said, like that. And Tennessee minus two and a half, potentially two. But what I really like, Baltimore, Seattle, Denver, Atlanta, those four and any sort of round-robin combination, I will definitely be betting all of those. Uh, any other bets that you're looking at this weekend? Yeah, for me, I'm under 43 and a half on the Saints and Jets game and also under 43 and a half for the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers. All right, so we were recording this before Thursday night, so let's make some picks 
for Thursday night football. Pittsburgh plus three at Minnesota over under 43 and a half right now. Ticket count 51% of the bets, 73% of the money on the Steelers. You can get this at three and a half at some places, mostly down to three. Not sure we're going to see a two and a half here. I already made my claim on the Tuesday show. I love the Vikings in this game. Fade Pittsburgh after a hugely emotional win. Short week. Minnesota needs a win in a really bad way. They've lost in disaster fashion the last two weeks. I know Kirk Cousins' prime time is a gross spot. We saw what happened when they played the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football with Garrett Gilbert or whoever the hell was playing quarterback for, I don't even know, Cooper Rush. I don't know who was quarterback. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I just think that Minnesota has to get this done, and they will get this done. I love Alexander Madison. I think that he's going to have a big day in this one. And, uh, yeah, I just don't see the Steelers getting it done, man. I, I know Tomlin is a dog, always usually a good spot, but I can't trust in this one. i got to go Vikings. We're going head-to-head, my man. All Cap- right. I can't, I can't back Captain Kirk, the uh, leader of a sinking ship here. Uh, to me, this, is, this has got to be Steel City. The, I'm going to see a, a big game out of Najee Harris. Um, I think Big Ben – uh, even though he knows he's on, I mean, he's on his, uh, his goodbye tour now. And uh, we know what Kirk's history is in, in prime time. He's a disaster. Big Ben has been a game manager, but it's been enough to get the job done. And, you know, this Steelers defense, I think will make trouble for uh, Kirk Cousins. We just heard earlier today that Adam Thielen's going to be ruled out. So he's going to, that's going to be a, a reliable underneath target first down chain mover that Kirk Cousins won't have at his disposal. You know, you got Tyler Conklin and uh, KJ Osborne there, but they're not Adam Thielen. So, yeah, I think that this is where uh, the Minnesota Vikings are missing their main skill players outside of Justin Jefferson. It's going to be too much to overcome. And getting the points here with the Steelers at three and a half or four and a half, uh, give me that all day. I think that they'll cover this. And I wouldn't be surprised if they won this outright as well. Best player prop for Thursday night football. Do you have anything? Ooh, I was actually I was actually just gonna cook that up right after we're done talking here. Um, I was I was actually leaning towards the Chase Chase Claypool over. He's been pretty disappointing, and I saw his receiving prop at fifty two and a half. So I'm gonna do some more digging on that one and see if I believe it. But uh, right now, it's Justin Jefferson's uh, receiving prop is at ninety and a half, which just seems like a lot against Minka Fitzpatrick, who's probably gonna be shadowing him most of the game. Uh, so I tend to go, uh, tend to go under on that actually. So for now, I'm gonna say my best bet is Justin Jefferson under nine and a half receiving yards. All right. So I, I generally like the play Claypool props, but I don't like to play it for the over total yards. I like over longest reception. Okay. Uh, yeah. That, I like that play. Yeah. Uh, he usually picks up one big one a week. So exactly. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it's like 18 and a half, something like that. I'll take the over there for sure. And then give me all the Tyler Conklin over props. Uh, generally don't like betting over, especially Thursday night football. I'm wearing my shirt. You know how I feel about Thursday night football. It's absolute <laughs> trash. Oh, my, it's falling over here. Uh, anyway, so Tyler Conklin, anytime touchdown for sure. That's going to be around plus 250-ish. Love that one. Maybe first touchdown also. Uh, I don't know if I'll do yards, but I'll probably do over receptions too. That's fair. Yeah, I think Tyler Conklin, he's going to be, he should be a popular uh, fantasy pickup this week. I don't really like playing uh anybody Thursday, on night, Thursday night games they're usually they pretty dreadful but if you got it if you're in a tight spot bye week situations or if you're, you're missing dallas goddard or mike kosicki you might have to go into the trenches and pick up someone like tyler conklin so uh you could do worse he's looks like he's slotted in as the as the second target to justin jefferson so um i'd go for it if i'm in a bind 
Love it. All right, that does it for episode 38 of Gambling with Gold, our week 14 best bets. We will be back next Tuesday, week 15, early betting preview. Dan, until then, good luck with all your bets this weekend. Go sign up for all the stuff with Champions Round. Follow us on IG and Twitter, and we will talk to you next time. See you.